Chapter 7 Tea with Kelly Ruffle Based on a transcript of show number 536, taped on 12 May 1984, but never aired. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the host of Tea with Kelly Ruffle, the lovely Kelly Ruffle! There is tepid live clapping, supplemented by the roar of canned applause. Thank you, James Allen! Onto a set decorated to resemble a warm country kitchen bounces a perky young woman with short brown hair who bubbles with enthusiasm. As she faces camera number one, she keeps one hand hidden behind her back. In the studio is a live audience of about 50 people, mostly middle-aged women. Welcome, everybody! More blended applause. We have a wonderful show today, and it's packed with surprises! I'm going to teach you how to make a Crystal Palace Bundt Cake. Oh, are you going to love this? Mmm! Now, this cake was awarded the Royal Cakery Medal by Queen Victoria herself at the Crystal Palace Exhibition. Is cakery a real word? Anyway, it's so delicious that your guests will just drool, and you will be the Queen of Cakedom! And look at this! She brings out the hand that she has kept hidden. Isn't he adorable? Oohs and ahs. She's wearing a grotesque hand puppet with a twisted face and gaping mouth. This is Normie the Gnome. Say hi to everybody, Normie. The mouth of the puppet opens and shuts several times as though trapping flies. Normie is the creation of the Al Slusser Puppeteers, and Al is here to teach you how to make your very own Normie right there at home. It's a project your kids will love. More canned and live applause. But first, I have a very, very, very special guest. Oh, I'm so excited about this. With me today is one of the wisest, most wonderful people in the whole world. A man who truly cares about children. Girlfriends, there's just nobody who understands kids like he does. You've all read his amazing books. Please welcome best-selling author, child psychiatrist, and pediatrician to the stars, Dr. Alton France. Applause as Kelly turns to welcome her guest, a silver-haired man in an Armani suit who beams warmly. They exchange an air kiss. Dr. France, it's so wonderful that you could be here. The pleasure is all mine, Kelly. She leads him to a stool at a kitchen island where steaming cups of tea are waiting. She takes a stool beside him. Doctor, I have to tell you that your books have changed my family. Well, that's very nice to hear. I really mean it, but this latest one, if possible, it's even better than all the rest. She lifts a book with a lurid cover and shows it to the camera. I want everybody to see it and go out and buy it today. As soon as our show is over, get in your car, go to the bookstore and ask for it. Here it is, Raising a Super Child in an Age of Wimps. Isn't that a great title? Canned and live applause. Dr. France, I was just overwhelmed when I started reading this book. It is life-changing, people! You are such a deep thinker. I don't want to get too heavy here, but isn't it true that you are the first to integrate the ideas of a creative genius named Frederick Nietzsche into child-rearing? Oh, that's true. Obviously, you are a very educated person, Kelly. Sad to say, very few parents have been exposed to the uh, transformational thoughts of this intellectual giant. Tell our viewers about that wonderful man. 
Friedrich Nietzsche was a brilliant European philosopher whose whole life was spent trying to empower others to help them grow beyond the negativity of limited thinking. Did you hear that, girlfriends? Empower! Don't you want that for your children? But doctor, I want everyone to understand that what you've written here isn't just some dry philosophy book. Look, look, everybody! Camera number one comes in close as she opens the book to show some pages. It's like a comic book! It's the first child-rearing book in comic book form with color pictures for adults. And your artist is just brilliant. Thank you, Kelly. All of the art was done by Bill Pluter. You may not know his name, but your teenagers know his work. He's the creator of the hit comic book series, Sewer Witch. Dr. France, you are incredible. I've never been able to get my husband to read a single book about raising children, but he just sucked this one up. He said it was exciting. Bill and I created it with husbands in mind. Did you hear that, girlfriends? It's so simple and fun that even your husbands will read it. But you'll love it, too. I promise. I certainly did. Now, doctor, you've listed five exciting ideas for raising a super child in an age of wimps. Yes, I believe that inside every child there is a superman or superwoman just waiting to be released. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love the way he says things? Canned applause. But too often out of our families come weak people who can't make it in our modern world. Society is rough, Kelly. A weaselly little wimp is going to be gum on somebody's shoe, and none of us want that for our children. No, we do not. No gumshoe children, right, girlfriends? Tepid applause. Your first idea. Oh, I love this. Tell our viewers about swearing. It's very simple, Kelly. You are what you swear. Just exactly what does that mean? Listen, people, this is so powerful. We all know that words are vitally important. Words create reality. Nothing is real in our world that isn't based on words. With our words, we create our future. What we say is what we get. Oh, that is so true. Is there any stronger way to use words than swearing? Think about it for a minute. When somebody swears, it's like an electrical power jolt flashes through the room. Now, why is that? Because swearing is a form of worship. We swear by the highest thing we know. In so-called Christian countries, people swear by Jesus Christ, in Muslim lands by Allah or Muhammad, and so on. When people use these names, whether they want to or not, they're affirming that there is someone higher and more powerful than they are. When our children hear that kind of talk from their parents or friends, it's the first step toward weakness. So, you know, so we shouldn't swear? That's not what I'm saying, Kelly. Swearing is endemic to the human race. It seems that evolution has encoded it in our genes. We have to swear, but we need to do it in the right way. From her earliest years, a superchild should understand that there is no one higher or more important than she. I call it transcendence of personal power. If you want your child to have transcendent power, you need to teach her to swear properly. That is amazing. How do we do that? Teach her to swear using her own name and never any other. Wow, think about that, people. Isn't that an incredible idea? canned applause. And in the book, there are exciting stories of what you call self-swearing and how it turns wimps into superheroes. That's right. By the way, these principles aren't just for children. They're for all of us. 
They really are, Doctor. I can tell you that self-swearing has changed my husband's life. All the time I've known him, he's had an awful potty mouth. But no more. Now he runs around yelling, Dick, 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 all the time. Dick? That's his name, Dick. Um, some names are more auspicious than others. Perhaps he should try Richard. I'll tell him that. Anyway, it was hard for him to make the transition. When he was a child, other kids used to scream his name in not nice ways. But now every time he yells, Dick, you can just feel the power surging all around him. Doctor, I could talk all day, but I want to give our audience a chance. I know they have many questions, so I'm going to get a microphone and go down and let's meet some of your fans. Picking up a mic, she moves into the audience. The cameras follow her as she approaches a plump woman with a cherubic face. Hi, girlfriend. What's your name? Kathy Summers. Kathy blushes. And where are you from, Kathy? New Iberia. That's a beautiful town. It certainly is. You have a question for Dr. France? Yes, I do. She blushes again. Doctor, I've read all your books. From his perch on the stool, France smiles benignly. Thank you, Kathy. I'm flattered. My first question is, didn't Frederick Nietzsche die a drooling idiot in an insane asylum? Clearly, this is not the question that the doctor was expecting. Kelly Ruffle freezes and stares toward him. Uh, well, toward the end of his life, he was emotionally challenged. But, but what does that have to do with... And my second question is, didn't he write a book called Antichrist? Which leads to my third question. If we raise our kids the way you want, aren't we going to turn them into little drooling idiot antichrists? Wild cheers erupt from almost every member of the studio audience. Suddenly the director's voice blares over the sound system. Cut, cut. All but one camera stops rolling. For some reason, camera two continues. In a split second, Kelly Ruffle changes from cute and perky into a raging shrew. What kind of question is that? What are you trying to do, wreck my show? The audience boos. Kelly stares at them. What's going on here? You're all together, aren't you? The plump woman smiles sweetly. Yes, ma'am, we're all together. And we think Dr. France is evil. The women around her cheer. Security, security, get these people out. Get out of my studio, all of you. As security guards rush into the room, the plump woman turns toward France, and she isn't smiling anymore. There's something strange about her, a kind of intense power. We know who you are, doctor, but you don't know who we are. We know what you've been doing, and we have a message for you. God is powerful. Bad people get away with things for a long time, but then he brings them down. We don't think you're going to be writing any more books. As she leaves, the silver-haired man stares after her. Beneath the arrogance, there is fear.